Hello, Internet. The Morgan You Know Podcast Network presents Balls and Brew. Hello, and welcome to what is sure to be a rousing rendition of Week 17 NFL analysis here on the flagship sports podcast on the Morgan You Know Podcasting Network. I am your affable host, Rod Morgan. Joining me is my merry band of characters. First, the producer of this podcast and of every other podcast on the Morgan, you know, podcasting network. We could not do what we do if it wasn't for this man, James Thomas Jamriska. Jimmy Jam, hello. Uh, hey, Rod. What's up, boys? How are we doing? Can't wait for week 17. There we go. Jimmy is doing his best Josh <laughs> Williams impersonation for you there because our handicapper, the guy who makes us sound like we know what we're talking about with football, is on vacation in the mountains. Apparently, there's no Wi-Fi in the mountains of Colorado. So Williams has only sent in his picks through email to Jimmy. So every time I go to Williams on the podcast, it will be Jimmy stepping in for Williams. But Every time I go to the old man in North Carolina, it will be the very same Chris King that you know and love. Chris, hello. What is up, Rod? And Jimmy, you have to do that personation now for every bit tonight for Williams. That (laughs) is fantastic. If we were thinking about it, we could have gone old school for the uh, the anonymous gambler uh, and done that voice. But oh well, oh that's yeah, fine. that's been a while since we pulled out the anonymous gambler. Those were good stuff. I don't know how good it was on people's ears, but it certainly now probably me not. Up. But whatever, it was fine. <laughs> so we have Williams's picks in. He sits at twenty seven nineteen and two for the year. Still a strong showing out of our handicapper. We have big news. In the Tom Cruise game of the week front, things have shaken up there a little differently than the majority of the times this year. I'll be excited to talk about that. Chris has three things he knows for us, and Jimmy, of course, has his face and heel. So we will do our best to soldier through. And then, of course, don't forget about your bonus NBA coverage, the fast break at the very end of this podcast. But let's start here. Jimmy, your face of the week. Let's start with your face of the week because I, My just, face. I, I, I love this. My face of the week is everyone's favorite backup quarterback. They call him Big. Well, I guess it's not the. Uh, they, they they have a nickname for him. It's Nick Foles. Face of the week: 143 yards, three interceptions, 31.9 rating. The Colts got absolutely obliterated by a team that actually wasn't playing very well. Uh, Nick Foles, my face of the week, and that is all for you, Rod, because the Colts are one step for one step closer to getting a top two or three pick. Congratulations, to Nick Foles. I could not be happier. I saw a lot of Colts fans up in arms with disgust at how bad their team looked, and I just I don't get that take. We need to lose ball games. Starting Nick Foles was a genius move by Coach Jeff Saturday. Chris, please tell me you were not disappointed in the Colts and you were happy to see that they lost yet another game. You do a podcast with me. You know my take on tanking and how absolutely furious I get when you come on here every week and just spout this same nonsense over and over and over again about how you want the Colts to lose. It's just horrible. No, I don't want my teams to lose. I want them to win. Do you believe this team that the Colts have right now is going to be capable of winning a lot of, a lot of games in the future, Chris? doesn't matter. I still want them to win now. I'm never going to cheer for my team to lose. That's ludicrous to me. But don't you, aren't you the same? I can't believe I'm about to bring up baseball here, Jimmy, and you should mark Whoa. this down because I'm voluntarily bringing up baseball here. But I believe, and Jimmy, you're, you're, you always check me here, so if I'm wrong, but I believe Chris would tell me that with the Cubs, I'm supposed to have patience and they're going to have to get younger guys to someday have talent on the team. I believe that was his argument with me with the Cubs, but now he seems to have a different argument in football. Jimmy, am I on to something here? I think you are because you really want to play the youth. You want to play that Nick Foles as a Colts fan. Uh, you want to get that. Uh, uh, yeah, you're right. But come on, Chris, what are you doing here? It's, it's don't, don't bring up the Cubs. Learn. The Cubs put me through over a hundred years of ineptitude before they actually won. So I was way used to the Cubs just losing all the time. That's just me being content with a losing franchise more than anything else. You're not going to take it anymore, Chris. You don't want this losing. Listen, I'm an old man and a hundred years is a long time. Fair enough. The Colts are a pretty inept franchise, too. I've talked about this on the podcast as well. Other than the 18 years, the Indianapolis Colts have been pretty good at being a laughing stock. So, you know, I, I, 
I am not the least disappointed in this turn of events for the Indianapolis Colts. What do we think was going to happen when we pulled the guy out of the broadcast booth, essentially, to be the interim coach of our team? We didn't have any talent on the team in the first place. What do we think was going to happen? If they mess around and win some games just to make Chris feel better, it ruins our draft stock, and that's no good. So, Jimmy, I love you picking Nick Foles' face of the week, but I got to say, my guy, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, two Let's strong go. weeks in a row, and you can't make him the face. Jimmy, what what Baker Mayfield do to you? You know what? I think Baker needs to prove it to me a little bit more. I need to see a little more out of him. I need to go. I need to go three or four games in a row. He wins four games in a row. We'll we'll, we'll go. Uh, we'll go with Baker Mayfield. How about that? Listen, he wins four games in a row. He might be your Rams starting quarterback next year. Things are still quite up in the air with Matt Stafford injury wise. We had some other big injury news come out this week, and Chris, I know that relates to one of the things you know. Why don't you tell it to us? Yeah, I know that too. It should be sitting out the rest of the season. He said, at least, listen, this is the great thing that happened is to have self-reported this concussion symptoms himself. He put himself in this protocol. That means he's thinking smart. He's thinking about his life and his future. But listen, this is his third concussion. We know how bad the others were. Um, he needs time to heal. And the Dolphins aren't looking that hot right now. Just sit him, protect him, let him rest for the rest of the season, the off season, and whatever may else may happen, and bring him back next year. I think that's the smartest thing to do for his health and for the team. Let's stay on this uh, train for a second here. I love that you said it's good that he self-reported the symptoms because, Jimmy, that was my first thought when this story came out. The only way we can hope that the NFL gets to a better situation on concussions is if these guys don't feel pressured to go back out there and they're smart enough to look out for their own health. So I thought that was at least a good thing in the situation, non-football-wise, because football-wise it's terrible for the Dolphins, but at least that was good. Yeah, it really is surprising when someone – actually does report an injury in football and I think it's he should be applauded for it because he's got to be deathly scared he's so young um, and he's got to be scared about this my question Rod is how did it take this long to figure out that he actually hit his head on that play when everyone is looking at every single thing he does to make sure he doesn't hit his head on the play and it took a a user from uh, from the internet to figure out that that's actually what happened. I just find that so odd. That, I guess, is the sort of dark cloud that's kind of leaking behind this, right? Is that we can have this great new policies that the NFL has come up with, and we can have a player like Tua that we're hyper-aware around the situations that befall him, and we can still miss it. I think that lends itself to how tough this concussion thing is, Chris. So while it's good that Tua self-reported, I'm sure there's a lot of other guys out there that are just thinking about the football end of it, and they're like, man, if the Dolphins lose these next two games, they might not make the playoffs. Yeah. You, if you're a fan, you hate to see it, but if you're a true fan, you want Tua to have a long, healthy life. And so you don't care if you rest. You say that sucks for this year. We overachieved a little bit, and I think they did. Um, they have a great foundation for next year. Let your quarterback get healthy. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed to see it too. I uh, Tua's concussion sort of cost me in the fantasy playoffs last week. Again, I'm you know good for Tua to be self-reporting himself, but those three interceptions absolutely killed me last week. I had a I had a shot to take out our uh, our dear friend Matt Wu Tang Kazerski and uh, Tua. Didn't do me any favors with those three interceptions. But uh, Chris, speaking about somebody having to take some time off for injury, a player who uh, maybe is one of the better defenders the NFL's ever seen is going to go off into the sunset. That's something else you know. Yeah, I know I'm going to miss watching J.J. Watt play football. And I know he's had such a problem with injuries, keeping him out a lot. It feels like we haven't got to see a lot of him lately really, but, you know, going back to like that 2012 through 2015 era of the NFL, there was no one more dominant in a football game than J.J. Watt. <coughs> Excuse me. Second in MVP voting in that 2014 year when he was used on offense. I think he had five touchdowns that year or something crazy. It was phenomenal to watch him play. And I hated 
watching the Colts play against the Texans back then because I knew it was going to be a horrible, horrible experience watching him just dismantle us like he did all the time. Yeah, he was uh, he was not somebody that you wanted to go up against there for a couple of years. He was literally a game wrecker, and I guess it sort of speaks to how bad Houston's quarterbacks were during the time that J.J. Watt was their franchise player, or does it more speak to how good the quarterback was in Indianapolis that Houston had to do something about Jimmy? Which one of those do you think is closer to the truth? I think, well, I mean, it's a combination of the, the two. Uh, Houston had a lot of issues on on the offensive side of the ball for many many years, uh, and so they still have it. They finally got their franchise quarterback, and they had to trade him because he's a dirt ball. So I think that that had a lot to do with it. But then again, you're not going to do anything in the same division as Peyton Manning. Yeah, I think that that's what he suffered from here, right? We as a basketball fan, that's more of my expertise, right? You talk about your. Patrick Ewings and your Charles Barkley's and so many Reggie Miller and so many other great guys from that era. And really the only mistake they made was playing during the same time as Michael Jordan. Right. And I think that was the only mistake that the Houston Texans and JJ Watt had is that they unfortunately had to be in that division where the Colts were just winning 11, 12 and 13 games, almost in their sleep. Didn't win a whole lot of playoff games in that era, but by God, could we win some regular season games during that time? So that is two things that Chris knows. And Jimmy's got his heel left, and Chris knows something else, and they're actually about the same person. And I'm going to kind of sit this one out because I don't know what I think on this situation. I've gone around many different ways about this particular player this year because he's had quite the year. So, uh, Jimmy, you start with uh, who the heel is, and then we'll let uh, we'll let Chris go after that. Sure. My heel is Russell Wilson. Uh, he had 214 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions last week. 54.2 quarterback rating. Yes, that's better than the face that we had. Um, but he also got his coach fired, and it just isn't working out. I do like the fact that he came out, and I saw his press conference saying, hey, it's on me, I need to play better. But yeah, you kind of do. And I'm not really sure what that's going to take. They're going to have to have a coach come in, and they're going to have to sit down with Russ and say, okay, what can you do, what can't you do? And then we're, they're going to have to – mold their offensive scheme around what he can do. And I don't know if that's going to be a, a good thing, Chris. Do you know anything uh, specific about this? Uh, I know I know a couple things. For one, <laughs> for one, the, Russ actually said the one thing we can all agree on. Yes, he needs to play better. I, mean, I think that's the first thing he said all year that we can all agree on. Um, I also don't know if I can necessarily blame him on getting the coach fired. Hackett made some horrible, horrible coaching decisions early in the year, middle of the year, late in the year. Um, the Williams would be going crazy right now if he was here. He had a lot of things to say about <laughs> Matt Hackett, private eye. Right. But what I know is there's a reason that Russ has that office. There's a reason that they keep him separate from the rest of the team. He was in that locker room all the time with all the rest of the team, all those guys on defense that have poured their heart and soul out there on the field week after week to just lose. Russ would be getting his butt kicked in that locker room if he didn't have a separate office. Hey, Chris, do you, do you have somebody – Hey, Chris, do you have somebody feeding you these lines? Are you that old that you can't <laughs> even remember what's going on anymore? Hammer and Hank hilarious. doesn't like Russell Wilson either. You said everybody oh, hates him. Hammer and Hank doesn't even apparently like him. he just started no, going. No, Hank Hank hasn't stopped complaining about Russ all year. <laughs> that is awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, Rod. So I don't know, Rod. You kind of wanted to set this up, but I want to ask you, um, what what do we do here with Russ? You know, honestly, the Russ discussion has had me land on this, and I've heard it out of a few of my favorite football podcasters, so I'm cribbing here a little bit. But the Russ situation really has me respecting Pete Carroll a little bit more, right? We uh -huh. had a tendency to try to write Pete Carroll off a little bit as, yeah, he can clap and smile, and everybody likes him as a good guy, but maybe he's not the greatest football coach. Turns out he knew that if I unleash Russ, it's not going to be good for my football team. So figuring out a way to keep clamps on that guy was probably the way to go. I just ultimately I land on, I can't believe that Russell Wilson is this bad. 
did Denver give up too much for him? And is it going to be a terrible contract that they locked him into? Absolutely. But do I believe Russell Wilson is going to play this badly for the next couple of years where he's tied to Denver? I don't think so. I think he's probably going to improve a little bit. I mean, is he going to be an MVP candidate ever again? Probably not because his age says that that's just not possible. But he can't be this bad again is where I ultimately land, I think, Jim. Okay. But what yeah. do I know? I'm not the football handicapper. That's Josh Williams. He's oh, that's me today. That's you, exactly. And I was about to say, we have Jimmy Jamriska with a script from our guy, Josh Williams. All of the stats, all of the ref knowledge, it's all down there on paper. You heard Jimmy's wonderful thespian skill earlier when he was imitating Josh Williams. We're going to go to him now for his first pick of the week. Wait, no, I. you know what, Jimmy? That's what we're going to do. We're going to do Tom Uh-oh. Cruise first, and then we're going to go to you for the picks. We're going to knock out all of our things. Then we'll do Williams' picks. Then we'll move on to the fast break. Because I'm excited about it, Jim. You accused me a few weeks ago of wanting to let the Tom Cruise gimmick die. And I took umbrage to that. So I got back (laughs) in full force trying to make this thing come about. And I'll be damned if we didn't reach days of thunder levels, Jimmy. Nice. The Dallas paid off. Gardner Minshew dusted off comes up underdog throws a couple of picks sure but he's right there at the goal line with a chance to throw the pass to beat the cowboys plenty of points were scored it was an absolute edgier seat kind of game not perfectly played with a backup quarterback so we're going to bump it down from the top gun absolute tip top of the tom cruise scale but we're going to give it days of thunder jimmy your thoughts i love it uh it was fast-paced Everything was happening at the end there. And you got to give your boy Gardner Minshew credit. He is not um, he is not the 33rd or 34th best quarterback in the league. He is a top 15 to 20 quarterback in the NFL. He can win some games. Uh, Chris King, I know you're a big Colts fan. He could definitely uh, help the Colts next year. I know that's Rod's gimmick. has been his gimmick for years. But I love that pick, Rod. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, you did just try to give Minshew mania to Chris. Like, I've been riding that train for a while. I was going to go to Chris on his Cowboys. Chris, you said your Cowboys were going to have trouble the rest of the year, and they just beat the Eagles in what was a heck of a game. Do you change your tune with your Cowboys take from last week? No, I, I don't. I mean, now they're locked into that five seed, so that's great. But we did just give up 34 points to Gardner Minshew. Um, I don't know if that's good for Gardner Minshew or bad for Dallas. I tend to think it's bad for Dallas because we didn't sack him once. We're supposed to have a good pass rush. And we yeah, that wasn't Jalen Hurts back there. You know what I mean? That was Gardner Minshew. Yeah. That was more pocket bound. You still couldn't even get him. So, and then also, what does that say about Jalen Hurts? I mean, Gardner Minshew went out and almost beat Dallas and Ooh, that takes away Jalen Hurts' claim to the MVP candidate. If Minshew can succeed with that offense and those weapons. Maybe it's not because of Jalen Hurts. I was going to say, Jimmy, I think he's onto something there. I think maybe even if you don't want to apply it the way Chris just said there, just the fact that he might be hurt for a couple of games here might have just given that MVP to Patrick Mahomes. What do you think? Oh, I think it's it's Mahomes now because he's hurt. Listen, Jalen Hurts is a, has done a great job this year, and if you put Gardner Minshew in for the rest of those games, the Eagles are not where they are now. I, let's, whoa, let's whoa, I don't know if we can say that, Jim. Let's calm down. I just said it, and uh, since I am the closest to the handicapper we have, it's got to be right, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, I think that uh, I think I think that uh, Mahomes has that MVP right now. Unless I mean, Hurts, he heals faster than other people, according to his coach, so he might be back. You never know. Yeah, but he he definitely probably shouldn't be back because I think the Eagles are. I guess if they lose their next two games, though, Chris's Cowboys could uh could actually take the division. Even though Chris just told everybody they're locked into the five, but if they if they lose their next two and Dallas wins their next two, there's there's some sort of a tricky scenario there. But I guess they did beat them twice. Head well, no, it's tied one to one now, head to head. So yep. it comes down to the division record, I guess, or NFC record, or they flip a coin or play hopscotch. I'm not entirely sure what they do on that tiebreaker. If Williams was here, he would know. But Here's what I'm going to do. I came down to two games for what would be this week's Tom Cruise game of the week. There's a big matchup on Monday night that looks pretty sexy. You got some good AFC quarterbacks. You got some top tier AFC teams involved in that one. But I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go with the Vikings and the Packers. Two reasons. The Vikings just are involved in cardiac games, period. I mean, they have won 11 games less than one score, something like that. They're always coming back in the last minute. 
They're the cardiac kids, the Vikings, and the Packers didn't exactly put up a boatload of offense last week, but they played just good enough. Aaron Rodgers was sort of smiling and sort of seemed happy at the end of that game. So Packers are trying to make the playoffs. I'd rather see the Packers in than... No, actually, I wouldn't. I want to see the Giants what? and the Lions in because it would make me money. So that's true. I don't actually want to see the Packers in. But I'm going with Vikings-Packers, Jim, because I think Rodgers is going to try to dial it up one last time, and the Vikings have been involved in nothing but exciting games. Am I making a mistake by not picking Bills-Bengals? No, I think this is I think this is a good one because it could be an epic meltdown for the Vikings again, and that's always fun to talk about. Um, and then Rodgers just – he's got that little bit of a glimmer in his eye. That win might have been a little. That might have. I think have that put was just a ayahuasca, Jim. I think that was just a ayahuasca. Really pissed me off. I've been anyway. making ayahuasca jokes all year long. Thank, thank you, Aaron Rodgers, for doing ayahuasca in the off season and giving me year long <laughs> material. All right, let's go, Jimmy. Do your best handicapper for us. What's the first game Josh has got picked for this week? All right, so we talked a lot about Russell Wilson earlier, and we're going to go right into uh, the Denver at Kansas City game. And Williams has Denver plus 12 and a half. So he's taken Denver and the points at Kansas City. Uh, double-digit favorites are only 8 and 15 against the spread in 2022. That's the worst record for double-digit favorites in the last 20 years. Broncos got blown out last week. They fired their coach. They fired their offensive line coach. They fired their special teams coach. This is not really going well for the Broncos. I'm not sure why he picked them. Uh, feels like a new coach bump here <laughs> to get these guys motivated. Uh, Chiefs have quietly failed to cover in five of the last six games and time for some, uh, um, for some luck stats that Chris really loves. So Chris, this one's for you. Denver is the third most unlucky team this year in the luck metrics because there's luck metrics while the chiefs are the third most fortunate team. Any difference of at least 16 spots. The unlucky team is 35 and 21 against the spread in 2022 for a 62.5% uh, winning percentage rod. How many times have you ever looked at the luck unlock unlucky uh, spots in uh, the NFL? See, I've gone back and forth with Williams a little bit about these over the year, right? Like who is there? Is there like a, a room somewhere where these guys are referred to as the luck squad? And then they decide which place means more luck for one team and bad luck for another team. Like, is there somebody that just does this? Is there a stat sheet I can pull out that says this particular play gets you this much luck points and this particular play takes away your luck points? Sounds like a bunch of hogwash to me. I think there's a luck squad, honestly. Uh, to circle back real quick, uh, Mahomes is actually under 500 against nice. his career. <laughs> Uh, against uh, the Chiefs, home lines are usually inflated because the public loves to back great quarterbacks. Uh, Cortland Sutton missed the last game a few weeks ago, and he'll be back for this game. And then Chris King, check this out. 58% of the betting tickets are on Kansas City. Okay, so 58% of the people say Kansas City is going to win. But 84% of the money is on the Broncos getting the points which means those 42% of people have a lot more money than those 58% of people, Chris King. Yeah, that doesn't, doesn't Williams like to say that means Vegas and the smart money is on the Broncos right now. <clears throat> and Vegas usually doesn't lose when it comes to the NFL, so you tend to want to take that. But the Broncos did just give up 51 points to Baker Mayfield and the Rams, so... Should have been uh, the, face of the, the week, Baker Rams. Mayfield. Is that who you're talking about, Chris? Should have been face of the week, but Jimmy Jim Risk has a personal vendetta against him. Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, this this really should have been two weeks in a row. This should be the Baker Mayfield comeback tour podcast. Damn right, Hank. Hank Hutt hates Russell Wilson. Even when we mentioned the game that he's, he's still going on about it. I don't. You guys don't <laughs> even understand. The only other thing I want to say about your stats there, Jimmy, is you said yeah. uh, you said it wrong. It's called the dead coach bounce. All right, that's what that is what it's referred to as. It's the uh, dead coach bounce, not the new coach bounce. Gotcha, the dead coach bounce. But that is why Williams is taking Denver plus twelve and a half at Kansas City. I that see I I honestly you know we we joke around with Williams stuff but this this is amazing research and we're giving you some great information here. Um, I just I don't know if I could put money on a Russell Wilson team right now to to cover. That's one of those hold your nose and cast the ticket at the yeah. window bets as they call it. Yep. What does he got for his second pick this week? Is it another hold your nose or is this one a little easier to swallow? Uh uh no well. It's Houston. Jeez. Um, 
and Jacksonville. Houston Go plus Jags! four. They're gonna they're giving Houston plus four, and Williams is taking Houston plus four versus Jacksonville. And just listen to these stats here. This is amazing research. Trevor Lawrence has struggled in his career versus the Lovey Smith cover two D. By the way, Lovey Smith, I think, has a lot to do with the defense in, in, in Houston right now. Um, he's 0-3 against Lovey with an average when he's of awake. Six, <laughs> nice of an average of only six yards per attempt and a low 55% completion percentage. Last time he faced this Texans D, he didn't throw a touchdown and had two costly uh, interceptions. He seems to get confused and have all kinds of trouble versus this D. Houston appears to have the Jags number. They've won nine in a row in the series, including five in a row straight up as a dog. Uh, this Houston team has played a vastly better in the last three weeks. And also uh, Brandon Cooks is back and he had a big TD catch last week. Uh, there's a possibility that Jags could rest starters here in the second half. Uh, after it's unlikely they can get into the last wild card spot in the AFC, depending on some of the other one o'clock games, it's more than likely uh, there's only going to be one South team to get in, which is why they might. Um, and it, it, then it might come no, down to the huge. No, Doug Peterson, if you're listening, no, you Jags are hot right now. Don't sit anybody. Win, baby, win. But why risk? Why risk injury here? Because you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. Don't assume anything, all right? Win this game and then beat Tennessee and go into the playoffs with Ronnie Sunshine Bass, a.k.a. Trevor Lawrence, on a hot streak, baby. Let's go, Jags. Rod, Rod that's, that's good. You don't want that to happen. You have been on here, and I complained about it already, about wanting the Colts to lose and tank and better draft picks. And now here's a chance for the Texans, who are in the first spot, to win a game and get closer to the four wins that we have, and and you want them to lose when it doesn't even matter to Texans. put Jackson. I care about the Jacksonville Jaguars, Chris. I care about being right, and I told people to watch out for the Jags <laughs> at the beginning of the year. No, no, no. You care about being right. It just so happens <laughs> that the Jaguars involved in that. But circle back real quick when we were talking about KC – uh, and the Broncos with 84% of the money on the Broncos. Well, 78% of the money is on Houston and only 50% of the tickets are on, uh, on Houston. So, or I guess 50% on, on each. So I do think that the smart, the smarts out there really think that Houston's going to win this and the uh, Jaguars might sit in preparation for the next game. Rod though, I agree with you completely. If you're the Jaguars, you do not want to stop. You no. are playing very well He's right now. Continue it. Tennessee Titans and Malik Willis, please. No, it's not even Malik Willis. Uh, the other guy's starting, I think. Is it? It's not even Malik Willis. They're starting some other cat. See, there you go. I don't even know who it is. Then you definitely should be scared of those guys. The only thing you should be scared about in Tennessee is Mike Vrabel might be able to outcoach your coach. But other than that, they don't have a lot of talent. Well, and that's the only – I think Mike Vrabel might be the only – this might be the only time where the entire team gets um, cut – and they keep the coach instead of the other way around. Yeah, it does kind of seem that way, doesn't it? What do we got for our final game of the week from our guy, Josh Williams? Because i got to be honest with you. Right now, I'm not loving the slate. Taking the Broncos and the Texans, this is an ugly, ugly week 17. By the way, how dare you talk bad about Joshua Dobbs, the uh, starting quarterback for your fighting Tennessee Titans? have no idea that Josh Dobbs existed. <laughs> I apologize to the Dobbs family. All right, so Williams isn't here, but his love... For the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin Let's go. is still here. They are getting two and a half at Baltimore at Sunday Night Football. So he is taking the Steelers plus two and a half. Uh, check this stat out. In the Harbaugh versus Tomlin era, the underdog, and, and it doesn't matter who it is, is 21 and five against the spread, wow. including the last 10 games in the series where the dog is 10 and 0 against the spread. That is an amazing stat. Did you Injury guys hear concern. any? Oh, I'm sorry, Jimmy. I Go thought ahead. you were done. You're fine. Did you guys hear any of the uh, the Mike Tomlin mic'd up from that game last week, the Franco Harris game in the cold? Just this is if you have a problem with Mike Tomlin after you listen to the mic'd up segment they did with Mike Tomlin last week, then I have a problem with you because that guy is the epitome of a football coach. If you ask me, love me some Mike Tomlin. Yeah, how could you have a problem with Mike Tomlin if you like football? He is the the epitome of a football coach. Injury concerns for Baltimore. It doesn't appear Lamar, Marcus Peters, or Calais Campbell will play. The Steelers blitz at the fourth highest rate in the league, and that's bad news for the Ravens because Tyler Huntley is 50th out of 51 qualified quarterbacks versus the blitz this year. Um, the Steelers' weighed, uh, weighted DVOA overall defense is, uh, is top 12 now. Uh, as a dog from October, he's 41-19-2 uh, against the spread. 
Um, when TJ Watt plays, the Steelers are 57, 26, and 2. Um, they are only, oh, straight up. They are only 1 and 10 straight up without him playing. Uh, ref stats, Rod, ref stats. Home favorites, like the, home favorites like the Ravens, minus 2.5 are just 6, 12, and 1 against the spread. That's 34% with Land Clark officiating as he will be in this game. Rod, if I said Land Clark, did you think he was a cornerback for Pittsburgh or the ref of this game? No, I actually thought he was like a uh, a pilot for the uh, Alliance team in like one of the Star Wars reboots on Disney+. Plus. That's actually what that name sounded like more to me. 75% of the money is coming in on the Steelers here. So, again, he's going with the big money. Uh, in the uh, in the Steelers plus two and a half, also in Houston plus four, and in Denver plus twelve and a half at Kansas City. The Steelers still have an outside shot at the playoffs too, right? Like they're actually their season isn't quite one hundred percent done. Tomlin still has these guys fighting for something, right, Jimmy? I I think so. That bottom of the bottom of both the leagues is weird. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my Giants are uh, are still looking good for the playoffs, even though they lost last week. My Lions not looking as good for the playoffs because they lost to those fighting Carolina Panthers last week. And then the Ravens are probably going to be in the playoffs, but I don't know if my Ravens to the Super Bowl bet is going to pay off. So that's the update of my bets. I'm sure everybody was incredibly worried about that. Chris, do you have anything else to say about the NFL before we wrap up week 17? One thing I'd say is the Ravens are still technically playing to get home field advantage for the first round of the playoffs. If they're able to beat Pittsburgh and Cincinnati loses to Buffalo on Monday night, then you have a showdown in week 18 for that AFC North championship between Cincinnati and Baltimore. Ooh, that would be the Sunday night game too. I bet that's the one that uh, NBC is pulling for. What do you think, Jim? Or do you think they're pulling for the Jaguars-Tennessee game to be in Sunday night? Oh, I think they want that Jaguars. <laughs> no, of course they don't want Jaguars. Who Will Tennessee ever be a, a team that people want to watch? That's the no, question again. Not That's even crazy. people in Tennessee. Nope. Jimmy, you got anything else on week 17 or should we wrap this up? That's it. Let's go. All right. That was our picks for uh, week 17 from our guy, the handicapper, Josh Williams. We, uh, we missed him this week. He will be back with us next week for week 18 as we round towards the playoffs. We're going to take a short break here. And on the other side, Jimmy. Jam Riska will be driving the NBA fast break. All right, it is time for the fastest 15 minutes in the NBA. It's the NBA fast break on the Morgan You Know Podcast Network. I'm Jimmy. Rod and Chris are here. And Rod, we've got to go. To our Sacramento Kings, they are 18 and 15 overall, sixth in the West, and they had a huge injury that wasn't with Sabonis this week. Yeah, I was uh, on pins and needles when that one came down. Uh, Sabonis, not the most athletic guy in the world, but incredibly important to that Sacramento Kings team. He really is kind of the hub of their offense. You know, De'Aaron Fox is technically the point guard out there, but more of their offense runs through Sabonis. So uh, breathing a sigh of relief that the Kings aren't going to be without him for an extended period of time. But uh, we need to tighten some things up at Sacramento a little bit here. We're losing a lot of late game situations, Jim, and I want to I wanna understand why. We need, to, we need to tighten this up a little bit. If the Kings are going to be playing in these close games, we'd like to see a few more of them fall on their ledger. Yeah, um, you can see also how much Sabonis helps because I do like these back-to-backs or, you know, we'll have play a game, day off, play the same team again the next day after that. Lost big to the Nuggets and then came back and beat the Nuggets with Sabonis. Um, your boy Malik Monk, though, 33, not too bad, buddy. Love seeing him coming off the bench. Love seeing him coming off the bench. That's a good role for him, you know, just come in, gun, do your thing. Don't worry about too much other stuff that's going on. That's his proper usage of 1MM. Chris King, 5-5 five and five in the last 10. You worried at all? Yeah, like we've seen their offense, uh, I guess maybe come back down to earth a little bit. Um, I would like to see that efficiency tick up a little more. So I'm happy that uh, Sabonis doesn't have to have surgery. That was a big relief. So let's keep on chugging. I mean, listen, we are still exceeding expectations. I know a couple of us had picked them for the playoffs. 
So we're still in that hunt. We're six seed right now. Let's just keep it going. And that is our Sacramento Kings uh, review of the week here. We're still okay. We're still optimistic. I like that. One thing I know for sure, though, taking your gimmick there, Chris, is the face of the week has to be somebody who did something that no one else has ever done in the entire history of the game. Luka Doncic, 60 points, 21 yes. rebounds, 10 assists versus the Knicks. I think he had a, a couple of uh, a couple other things going on in there as well. He wanted Two steals and a block. Luke Thank you. Luke yes, he wanted that, he wanted that in block. there. I appreciate that. And, uh, he had a couple beers afterwards, too. Oh, my goodness, Chris King. Your boy, first of all, your boy's amazing, <laughs> but your boy's going to burn out. <laughs> have you have you ever seen that play work in any type of game? Whether it's it like be, basketball Hail Mary. It's basically basketball I Hail know. Mary. I know. Like, like you try that stuff in the backyard or on the playground in middle school, and like you, it doesn't work. It doesn't work whenever you see pros even try it. I've never seen that work at all, and Luca is the man to pull it off. Rod, I think the best part was Luca was so excited because they thought he thought they won. <laughs> that was um, great, right? He, we he didn't have 60 points it. yet. He only <laughs> had 53 <laughs> points at that point. Yeah. Well, J.R. Smith didn't have 53. Um, but I, I think it's cool that he's like, oh, shit. Okay, let's go. And then, you know, they did come back and, and they won that. But I just thought that that was an amazing overall performance. And it just shows that you're we've talked about this a few times, gentlemen. Your window to win is now. This season is the window to win because you're not guaranteed next season. The Mavs have to do something to get him some help, don't you think, Rod? Yeah, but I don't know if they're going to, right? I don't. I really don't know if they're or going if they to. Can. Yeah, their, their trade that still has to go out to New York and the Porzingis deal really kind of gums up the works. They got a lot of salaries that can add up to something, but those salaries that can add up to something aren't really guys that anybody else would really want. So, I mean, maybe you can get a Kyle Kuzma out of Washington and Kuzma is the apple of my trade eye, but does that really yeah. put the Mavs over the hump? I'm not sure that it does. Well, you got, I mean, you, it, it's that, it's that wing, you know, you need, you need, everyone needs a wing, right? So I think he would help, but is he going to be your second best player on a championship team? See, that's what I mean. Or you could get, he needs to you be could, your fourth best yeah, you player. Could, you could pry away a Duncan Robinson from the heat right now, but then you're just going to have an overpriced guy who can shoot. You already got one of those sitting on your bench in Davis Berton. So, I mean, you know, I just don't know that there's a piece out there to help the Mavericks. I get what you're saying, Jimmy, but I think, yeah. I think the Mavericks still are looking at next year might actually have to be the year where we're really loaded for bear. Well, the uh, a team that's always looking at next year, it seems, uh, is uh, part of my heel of the week, and that's Killian Hayes with the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Killian Hayes just cheap shotted Mo Wagner in the back. First of all, I think he might have been unconscious already, uh, but then hit him as hard as he could in the back of the neck of the head. That's a Gorilla Monsoon reference for you. Hey, uh, and not, basically knocked him out again. And, and for that, Killian Hayes gets to sit out for three games. Mo Wagner gets to sit out for two games. Uh, and we've got uh, one suspension for the Pistons. Diallo is one game suspension. And then eight Magic players are out for a game. So that's going to be a fun game, uh, a, a next game or two. Uh, that'll be a lot of, uh, that'll be a lot of D-leaguers playing in there, I think. So uh, Killian Hayes, that was, I mean, if you, the more you look at it, the more just like, that was not necessary. I'm sorry, guys. Heel of the week. Yeah, I uh, I want these guys to be a little bit more competitive. We talk about this on this podcast from time to time, that guys are just a little bit too chummy. We don't have any rivalries in the NBA anymore except for a, a very few, but I don't want it to rise to this level. We just don't want to see a whole lot of brawling, and we just don't want to see cheap shots, right? There's just no reason for cheap shots on a basketball floor. Chris, even though you said uh, Russell Wilson is going to get beat up by his teammates in our football part, I'm sure you agree. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I'm going to give this away, but like – my jester this week is actually a two-team tandem court jester, and that's the Pistons and the Magic for just this ridiculous, like, yeah, we want you to be competitive, but we don't want you to start fights in the middle of games. You know, I mean, I just don't know. It's just ridiculous. 
the Magic were playing pretty scrappy ball there, too. It's unfortunate that this thing befalled them there, you know what I mean? Because they're one of those teams that, like, they're still down at the bottom of the East, but they put up a great effort every night, and Bull Bull gives us a friggin' highlight every night, man. I love seeing some Bull Bulls. Oh, I love watching. Yeah, I love watching him play. All right, well, I and I, I also want to hit the uh, the Nuggets and Jokic real quick. Uh, wait a minute. I guess not. Folks, that's the... That's the Rodham Nation of the week. We completely let them off the hook. And magically, he has absolutely nothing to say. How could they possibly understand courtside Karen? Yep, thank you, Jimmy. And I'm going to not make any friends with this one, but I'm sorry, okay? Nikola Jokic. Congratulations on winning two MVPs back-to-back out there in the land of the mountains in Denver. I'm happy for you, but you absolutely unequivocally cannot under any circumstances be the MVP this year. I'm sorry, you can't be. I am not ready to put Nikola Jokic on the level of Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, and Larry Bird, okay? I'm sorry, I'm just not ready to do it. And it seems unfair to Jokic, but we have historical precedent for this. Giannis Antetokounmpo, ring a bell with anybody? A couple of years ago, there was no chance in hell to quote the great theme song from Vince McMahon back in the WWE Attitude days that he was going to win three in a row. Steve Nash won two MVPs in a row. And then there was absolutely no way he was going to be allowed to win a third. So you mean to tell me that Nikola Jokic, a guy who has no playoff success whatsoever, is now going to win three straight MVPs just like Bill Russell, the greatest winner in the history of the NBA, Wilt Chamberlain, the guy who is the biggest statistical freak the NBA has. We talked about Luca's game earlier. I heard this Wilt stat. He had a 78.45 rebound game once, okay? You mean to tell me that Jokic is as good as that guy? Oh, and Larry Joe Bird, Jokic is as good as that guy? Absolutely not. I think that what we have done is we've created a scenario where a team that doesn't have a local television contract never gets to be on national TV and has all of these weird statistical mathematic things that get spit out at us all the time have produced a player that everyone thinks is good, but nobody actually ever gets the chance to watch. And I know for a fact, he's not one of the greatest guys to ever lace up sneakers. Jokic in the corner saying, what did I ever do to you, man? All I do is put up 40 points, uh, you know, 10 rebounds a game. I'm one of the best passers ever. So what? But Chris, I, I kind of agree with Rod on this one, I think. You, we, we talk a lot about you can't, you can't take last year into consideration or the year before with MVPs. The Giannis came up. It's, it should be about this year. Well, yeah. If, go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm with you. It's got to be about this year. And here, here's the problem. Like, yeah, he's he's won two MVPs. You know, Giannis won two MVPs, but Giannis got a he's got a ring. You know, greats have rings, and I think he's a great player. I love him. He stuffs the stat sheet. But in that conference, it's going to be tough for him to get out of it. It's I tell you what, if you are a fantasy owner of Jokic, he is by far your favorite player. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Chris was so upset, Rod. He just he had to take a minute. I understand. Um, but the yeah, Nuggets I could be the one seed in the West, Jim. I mean, they could, right? I'm not trying to put the Nuggets down as a team. I'm not even really trying to put Jokic down as a player. I guess more of my point here is the mathematical stuff, right? And I really think there's something to the fact that nobody gets to watch Jokic, right, Jim? Don't you think that that's sort of at play here, right? He's almost like, he's kind of like a fable, right? Like he's almost John Henry, you know what I mean? Like you sort of just hear about him, but you never actually get a chance to watch him. That's a great analogy. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense, but I think it's a great analogy. Um, you know, the story of Jokic. <laughs> How could it be no great if it see. doesn't make any sense? No, it's a great analogy. It, it just, it, I don't know where you came up with that one, but that's a thats a great analogy there. Yeah, I just no think, I love Zach Lowe, right? Let me put it to you this way. I love Zach Lowe, okay? My guy, Zach Lowe. But your boy Simmons is also all about him. I know, but still, Simmons, listen, as much as I love Simmons, he's prone to just some wild takes from time to time, right? But Zach Lowe's not really a wild take kind of guy. That's not what he does on his show. And he sure. just fires off these. 
Jokic's true shooting this and Vorp that and efficiency this and level above that. And I'm just like, what are we talking about, man? Like, what are we talking about? I just think that too many people say these things that like sound great, but none of us actually know what they mean. I've seen Larry Bird play basketball and he's better than Nikola Jokic. I'm sorry. Is he better than Joshua Dobbs? Uh, Joshua Dobbs still to be decided. Okay, actually. Joshua Dobbs might have to go to the Hall of Fame after tonight. A um, couple of things before we get in the Kings hardwood hierarchy. I think we do need to mention uh, Zion Williamson is here to stay uh, as long as he doesn't get hurt. Uh, he is on a run as well. Zion is a beast. Uh, I really am just crossing my fingers because the Pelicans are really, uh, really fun to watch, Rod. If Zion doesn't get hurt, though, there's a lot of work in that statement right there. I, I mean, know, I understand that, that he's got the body mass index clause in his contract now. He seems to be pretty motivated, but. He's just got that body type, and he's just so explosive that at any moment he could go out. And Brandon Ingram's still a little bit nicked up for that team. So I, I share your uh, your sentiments there that they are a great, fun team. But I worry about how many of those guys can get on the court at once because Larry Nance Jr. is not somebody that everybody thinks about in their everyday basis, but he's pretty important to that team. He's also out. Chris King, speaking about nicked up a little bit more than that, Booker, our boy Booker for the Suns, is out for another month with his injury. Bad, bad month for the Suns, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You, They were off to such a hot start. They looked almost unstoppable. And, and a lot of bad luck. I guess if if you're going to have things go wrong in the NBA, you definitely want it to happen early, first half of the season, uh, not in the last quarter of the season, last third of the season. So, you know, if they can – if they can – limp through this next month or so, then they're still in pretty good shape for the West. I don't curse hey, Rod, on the podcast very often, but it's time for the Suns to shit or get off the pot with Jay Crowder. All right? You got all these guys hurt, and you got a dude that you're paying money to just sit at home in Atlanta. Okay? Either he shows up and plays basketball for you, or you ship him out and get somebody else. None of this garbage, James Jones, where you you take forever to do a trade. Like, it just came out recently that it took them yep, over a yep. month to iron out the Chris Paul trade to Oklahoma city, even though both sides were pretty darn willing to make that happen. Like lower your standards here, bro. Okay. Your team is a mash unit right now. I also got to take a Mia Copa here, Jim. We come on this podcast very often and say players need to play. It seems like Devin Booker did that on Christmas day and maybe re-injured himself. So as much as I hate to admit that some of this injury maintenance stuff might be a good idea, sometimes maybe it might have kept Devin Booker from being out for another month. Well, it's also just they don't have to play every minute of every game. Like, you know, like you said, maybe just have people come out at certain times in every game just to give them a couple minutes rest here and there. That's all we're asking for. You don't need to be out for an entire game on a back to back. More than the um, eight second rest Luca got in the other night. Six. Yeah, I know. It's like, seriously, you know, I like what the, the John Stockton that we, we've heard of that, you know, after he would always go out with two minutes left to go or something like that, just to give him a breather. I know that's it. That adds up after a while. That was a big MJ trick too, right? They'd always take him out with like a minute and a half left of the quarter. So he'd get the extra blow through the timeouts. Might as well. Might as well. All right. You hear the trumpets. Here it comes. It's the Kings. Hardwood. Hierarchy. Again, this week, we have a new king. Wow. And I'm sorry. And this is going to make Rod mad. But it's the Brooklyn Nets. You win 10 in a row, you become king of the NBA this week. Uh, they're playing great. I don't like them. You don't like them. Most of us don't like them. Still, you go out, win 10 in a row. They're looking just about unstoppable right now, and so they were. They were the king. They were thirteen and twelve. Now they're twenty three and twelve. Uh, you got to give them credit for that. But I'm going to tell you this right now, Chris. It's just every second of every day, everybody in that Nets front office is just refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. What's going to happen? <laughs> What's going to happen? Oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! Um, <laughs> You know, it, it's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, when but something that's doesn't not go what, right. That's not what the hierarchy is about, though, Jim. It's about what are you oh, doing right this second. I understand. 
You're right. Um, yeah. Okay. So the Nets are the king. Uh, how about the queen? Hold on a second. Uh, I'm gonna make a solemn. Oh, promise. you're gonna actually make a statement. I I'm thought make you were a solemn off. promised on this podcast right now. I okay. will not be engaging in any Brooklyn Nets discussion for the rest of the year. Well, okay. Hopefully, we don't have to either. All right. Who's the queen? Queen uh, coming back in. They got upset when they heard they were out of the list last week. So back in the queen spot is the Boston Celtics. They've came back. They've won four in a row. Uh, they beat the Bucks and the Clippers in that stretch. Uh, that that brings them right back into it. They're playing good again. Rod, talk to me about the Celtics. When their three balls going down, that team is absolutely unstoppable. And they have been hitting threes again at the clip that they were showing at the beginning of the year. I don't think any of us thought that they were going to shoot 40% as a team from the three-point line for the entire year. But they dipped down there for a little bit, and their team struggled for it. And when those guys are hitting three-pointers, their spacing is insane, and they just move up and down the floor. I also think that what you're going to see out of the Celtics is Rob Williams is back now. He's going to get his sea legs underneath him, and that defense is just going to start ticking up and up and up, which has been the key to their success the last couple of years anyway. And finally, the Prince, Chris. Denver Nuggets. They, they've won eight out of their last ten. Um, they would have won six in a row, but they ran into our Kings, and they ended up losing on some last-second free throws. Uh, but before that, uh, they had beat the Kings, they beat the Suns, they beat the Trailblazers, they beat the Grizzlies. Like They have been playing hot right now, even though we heard Rod's Rada Nation, they're still playing good enough to be Prince on the hierarchy. I gave the Nuggets yeah, credit. I just have a problem with Jokic. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't even think you have a problem with Jokic. I think you have a problem with him winning the MVP. Oh, no, I do have a problem with Jokic. He cost oh, me a lot of money personally. last year. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. And then, of course, your jester are the Pistons and Magic um, because, well, they're mean to each other, right, Chris? Can we give an honorary to the Houston Rockets for even yeah. entertaining the idea of bringing <laughs> James Harden back to their team? Like, who in the world decided that? to be a good idea to float that on Christmas Day? Good Lord. Oh, I mean, NBA was desperate to be uh, to beat the NFL in something. Which they did not. They got roused on Christmas Day. I think the NBA might have to think about rolling back some of their schedule because the behemoth NFL came in and just squashed them. That's crazy. All right. Well, that is going to be your King's Hardwood hierarchy. And that brings us to the end of the fast break this week. Rod, thank you very much for stopping by. Appreciate you. Yep. I I, I want to say something real quick about the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Since I have solemnly sure. swore to never talk about the Brooklyn Nets the rest of the year, I want to say something about the Memphis Grizzlies here. Ja, love you. Grit and grind. Love it. Memphis is a great place to visit. Beale Street. Go have a good time. But, uh, Let's calm down a little bit there in Memphis. All right. You guys got, you're talking all kinds of mess to the Warriors. That didn't go your way. You lost a couple of games. Let's, let's, let's just calm down in Memphis. All right. Let your play on the court speak for you. And you guys don't have to do nearly as much chirping. Yeah. Let's, I think it's time for them to win stuff. You know, they really do need to win a lot more before they can start talking more. I appreciate that as well. Chris King thoughts, and then you can take us home, bud. Let's go Pacers. I'm so pleased with this team. <laughs> Hell yeah. I Tyrese Halliburton is legit verge of superstardom. This team is really fun to watch. I love the Pacers franchise. They have been a great franchise to be a fan of for years and years and years. They don't tank. They are always competitive. <laughs> Big fan of the Pacers. <laughs> Did yeah, you boys cast that. your all-star ballots, by the way? Yeah, I have. I cast my ballot for Tyrese Halliburton to be a starter on the East All-Star. He's got to be. He's amazing this year. And they beat the Cavs tonight, or I guess uh, yesterday as you're hearing this, but they beat the Cavs pretty uh, soundly there. So good win for them. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Goodbye, Internet. <laughs>